Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nick Davis! Nick Davis! I don't believe it! I see it, but I don't believe it! Okay, we're back for another episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. It's another Sydney topic, so I've got my favourite set of sisters here again with me. Hey, Imogen. Hey, Annie. Hello. Hey. Are you all excited to talk about this? Totally. This is my favourite topic to talk about, so. What's the topic? We're going to be talking about the 2012 Grand Final. Yes. So we've already spoken about on another episode about Ben Ronk v Hawthorne and the whole Sydney-Hawthorne rivalry. This is kind of where it started, isn't it? I think I think this is the creation of it. And if you uh, watch the final five minutes of this grand final, which I watch at least once a week, I'm honest <laughs> with people. If I'm honest, I'm half the views on YouTube. But when it became apparent Sydney were going to win the flag, one of the commentators, I can't remember who it was, said, what a way to ruin a five-year plan regarding <laughs> Sydney beating Hawthorne. And I feel like maybe Alistair Clarkson heard that and thought, <laughs> Like, fuck you guys. And I really think that's what did it. Like, you could – there was never a real Sydney Hawthorne rival before that, but that game Hawthorne went in with such belief they were going to win that game. Well, yeah, they looked and much better than Sydney. They looked much better. Everyone said Hawthorne were going to do it. I didn't think I – mean, I went to the game, but I didn't think I was about to see a winning grand final, and I still sometimes can't believe it. Um, but it created a true <laughs> hatred that I, I've really gotten on board with. <laughs> So, setting the scene, it was the 29th of September 2012. Um, There were 99,683 people at the MCG for this one. Um, It was when substitutes still existed in the AFL. It's a fun fact. Um, Also, Chelsea Roffey became the first female umpire ever at a grand final, being the goal umpire, which is a pretty cool little addition to it. Um, Cheater. Yeah. (laughs) Good on her. She she is a bit of a pioneer in that way. She was the first to do a lot of things. That's a big place to be. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Um, so Hawthorne were favourites for the premiership pre-season and they finished top of the ladder. Um, and the Swans had a few injury concerns in the lead-up to the game. So Ted Richards was battling that serious ankle injury and an ankle injury is kind of not what you want to be dealing with when you know you're going to be put on Buddy Franklin for a whole game. Because, um, you know, agility. Um, Jude Bolton had also been nursing a PCL injury for the whole final series. So 
it was kind of all stacking up to be a bit of a fizzer for Sydney. It was like they got there, but they're not going to do much. Um, they also picked up another couple injuries during the game, one of which being Alex Johnson hurt his elbow and had to get that strapped. But um, the more significant one being the fact that Adam Goods ruptured his PCL in the second quarter. Played out the game, though. Yeah, and which, as someone who's had a lot of knee injuries and, like, significant knee injuries, I don't know how he did it. I genuinely don't know. I hit my knee on my bed the other day and couldn't walk for at least 15 minutes, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how he did that. The other thing with that game was, and injuries, was before the game, and I don't remember how we heard this. I don't know if it was like a Twitter whisper or whatever, but it was that Shane Mumford wasn't going to play. I know how we I heard. I know how we heard this, and I cannot tell you who told me. Okay. Anyway, we there was like a. Tell you later. There was a yeah. We were we were worried Shane Mumford wasn't going to play. Doesn't and matter. He got subbed off anyway. No, but this is why because we knew he was injured. He was injured coming into the game. Hamstring, right? Yeah, hamstring. He was injured coming to the game, and he said he'd he'd play as much as he could, and that's why he eventually got subbed. Yeah. Um. But we knew this coming into the game. Yes. And I remember I was already super nervous. I just didn't think we could do it. And when I found out that, I thought there's just no possible way. Like we cannot beat Hawthorne. They're too good. Because it it was it was a kind of situation with with Mumford that he was like one of the pillars, you know what, of our team. He was yeah, he was time, what, sure. what we needed, right? In the middle, you knew that he was gonna be there for you. Shane Mumford was the man that would get the tap out and would destroy the opposition. Well he was kind of a show of strength in a way. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. At a time where we didn't seem to have a clear forward. Yeah. And our and our defenders, Sydney's defenders are always a bit of a worry. Whoever they are, everyone's always stressed. I'm always stressed. They're going to kick it out on the full. I mean, I think definitely, and I think also when you look at, sorry, just looking at the goal kickers for that day for us, Jack, Kennedy, Melcheski, McVeigh, Morton, bless bless that boy's soul, Adam Goods, Hanabry, Reed, and then my all-time favourite, Lewis Roberts-Thompson. Well, Reed's the only forward in that. I mean, Reed's the only forward there, and we, we didn't, Obviously, pre-Buddy, we, did, we didn't have a clear forward in this situation. Sydney was like that for a number of years. For though. a long After we got rid of Barry Hall, I think we didn't really. Yeah, we didn't no, have someone absolutely. who was a true, a true forward for us. And so I think, and with a, defenders who I love dearly but can be a bit confused at times, coming up against the best in the business with Lance is, I mean, and I, I think, didn't think we could I think this, this is the other thing, that we were coming up against a team where if you look at who was playing, so you had Lance Franklin, you had um, Luke Hodge, you had Roughhead. They were, all, they were all clear position players. Yeah. And Not Tom Woods. No. <laughs> I was just saying names. But Sydney were the opposite, apart from Shane Mumford, which is why I loved him so much. That he, It was, like, familiar and regular. You yeah. knew where Shane Mumford was going to be on the ground, whereas with the rest of the players it was sort of like, I don't know. See what happens. Yeah. Not that I ever want people to hurt anyone, but you also knew that Mumford was afraid to get a bit rough if he needed to the same yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, which had, unfortunately he did against our team a couple of years after that. Yes, we do also remember when he attempted murder on Gary Ablett. Yeah. I was more thinking about the time that he really hurt Kurt Tippett and therefore got blacklisted in my mind. Yeah, also cool. sledged buddy. We don't like you, Shane. <laughs> anyway. So the game swung back and forth in momentum all day, which great for a grand final, stressful if you go for one of the teams. Yeah. Um. So in the first quarter, Hawthorne really kind of had control of the game. Um, Xavier Ellis, Franklin, Bruce, and Gunston 
all kicked goals. Sydney just got the one through Malchewski, funnily enough, who's a defender. Um, so Hawthorne took a 19-point lead into the break, and the only thing that really went wrong for them in that whole quarter is that Luke Hodge got this cut above his eye that they just didn't seem to be able to close, and that proved vital later in the game when he had to keep going off with the blood rule. But the first quarter, as a Swans fan, was a bit disappointing. Like, being down in a grand final at the end of the first quarter by 19, you're like, oh, this is going to be a long day. I, yeah, I felt that my feelings had been confirmed about what was going to happen <laughs> when I watched that. I just thought there was – we couldn't stop them, I didn't think. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that – so one of the things um, to come into that game was beforehand was just the nerves. Yeah. We had such nerves – um, and I I remember at the time, and I can't remember why, because I suppose the, the fact that we won changed everything, but I didn't think Sydney were particularly good. I wasn't confident that we were going to I – was, I wasn't confident we were going to make the grand final. This is when we should point out that Annie doesn't watch finals unless it's a grand final, <laughs> which is a privilege only Sydney fans can But I was so nervous. Like I, I remember doing the, the calculator – um, and and every way I looked round. at every way I looked at it, I was like, "No, nah, we'll lose, lose, lose." Like it just. And I said, I said to Imogen, um, "We're not going to make the grand final." She's like, "We're going to make the grand final." And I said, "If we're making the grand final, I'm going to rock up to the MCG wearing a t-shirt that says Lewis Roberts Thompson is God." And we still own those t-shirts <laughs> because that was the bet that I was going to win. Do you know what I mean? Annie looked at. We did the the finals calculator at the last round of the season. Prior to the final starting, obviously, and Annie just said, "How can we beat Adelaide? How can we beat Collingwood?" See, for me, I I very vividly remember watching the Collingwood final. Um, I was watching it at a bar up the street, actually, the Peacock, and I when I get nervous, I bite the skin on my fingers. And by the end of that game, I'd actually cut like bitten a huge chunk out of my finger out of nerves. So there's a picture of me with my finger just, like, bleeding everywhere with a huge screen with Ray Shaw doing an interview after it. And I was like, that in my head is my memory of post-Collingwood game. Yes. Yeah. Shaw, ex-Collingwood player, getting interviewed with my nervous finger biting happening. Well, gave me the belief in the Collingwood game that I thought maybe we can make a grand final here was Lewis Jenner running the length of, the, of ANZ, bouncing, I believe, twice, and kicking a goal. <laughs> And I thought... Doesn't tackle, doesn't bounce, still good. Yeah, Lewis Jenner can do whatever he wants. He's won two grand finals, guys. Um, that's when I thought maybe we can beat Collingwood here. But even then, I kept being quite positive. We can do this, we can do this. But there was just no part of me thought we could beat Hawthorne. They were just too good. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, it, it's interesting because that game, I think, was kind of the beginning of the end of the Sydney-Collingwood rivalry. rivalry. That was one that no matter how good Sydney were playing, we couldn't beat Collingwood. Collingwood would just beat us, yeah. and it was just—it was so depressing because you just, you know, everyone's raised to hate Collingwood. Do you know what I mean? Like you just like Collingwood's like famously just hated this so many supporters, and they were good. They were such a good team, and no matter what Sydney did, they would just beat them. And it was just like in my mind, looking at that game, it was just like that was the wall. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sydney were going to get there, lose, and we'd be like, ugh. <laughs> there was it didn't compute that Sydney could beat Collingwood in a game yeah. to make it to a grand final. It was just like a joke. <laughs> yeah. Jokes on them. 
True. So Sydney's down by 19 points at quarter time. They come out for quarter two and they're like a different team. They're much more tenacious. And in the first minute, Josh Kennedy kicks a goal. In the fifth minute, Kieran Jack kicks a goal. In the sixth minute, Jared McVeigh kicks a goal. And it's a one-point difference all of a sudden. And after six minutes, Sydney's back on even keel pretty much, which was kind of remarkable. Um, then Sam Reed gets a set shot, which puts Sydney in front for the first time in the whole game. And we had hope. Um, and then Hawthorne didn't get their first shot on goal for that quarter until that 13 minutes in, and it was a David Hale shot that missed. So things were starting to swing our way. Um, and uh, little-known player, Mitch Morton, kicked two back-to-back goals at the 14th and 16th minute, which extended to the lead to three goals, and everyone was like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. This shouldn't be happening, but I'll enjoy it. And even though he'd played a few games, it was still, who is that guy? Yeah, we're wondering why, why he was in the team. Why is he there? Like, I, I can't remember who was injured. Was ben it Ben McGlynn. Was ben it, McGlynn. Yeah, so it was, okay, so Ben McGlynn was injured, and so he comes in. Like who is this random well, I think that Richmond player on yeah. our team? Not to be rude to Mitch Morton, who I adore, but I mean he was like a Richmond reject and Richmond was so bad at the time, you sort of thought, why would you yeah. like what was the point of him? Yeah. Like yeah. why is he here? And he was just a star that day. Yeah, it was the one good game he's ever played one in his life, game, but I mean, he played it well. Well, it was a grand final, so good on him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I really feel like with him, like with his career, because it wasn't a long one no. for, for a variety of reasons. But, I mean, if you're going to have a short AFL career, like he, he did it well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Hawthorne then followed up Sydney's uh, Mitch Morton goals uh, with two set shots to close the gap. And both of them went out on the fall. Um, one of them was Buddy, I think. Um, so that, in that in that quarter, Sydney actually kicked six goals to Hawthorne's one behind. So they took a sixteen point lead into halftime. I think this was a qu- the quarter that showed. I mean, that's when we all started to believe a little bit. Yeah. I still wasn't convinced we were going to win, even though we were ahead, because it's Hawthorne and it's a grand final, and just that's what life is. But. It gives you hope. It gave me hope, but it also showed this thing that I think that I love about Sydney, and you see it no matter what game they're playing, whether it's first round or a grand final, is that they do not stop trying. No. Even when there's no point in trying anymore, they'll keep doing that. And they left the first quarter being like, well, we fucked this up. We've just got to try and do better here. And they did. Yeah. And it was, like, inspiring to watch it. Um, And, yeah, I mean, it obviously worked out really well for us in the day. (laughs) And I loved it. Um, the third quarter kind of swung back towards Hawthorne. Um, they opened with another inaccurate set shot. I mean, and then Sydney kicked back-to-back goals through JPK and LRT. I just want to be clear that LRT kicked a goal in a grand final in his second premiership. (laughs) Second. That was number two. (laughs) Um, so Sydney were out to a 28-point lead, which was actually the biggest margin of the whole match either way. Um, but then Hawthorne kicked five goals too. Um, Hale, Gunston, Smith, and Franklin kicked two um, to get ahead by four points. And I was like, okay, here's it going. And then, again, sub rule, Xavier Ellis got subbed out for Shane Savage. Um, interesting note, I guess. Xavier Ellis actually kicked their first goal and then kind of didn't do anything after that. Um, and then Sam Mitchell, one of my least liked players in the world, 
Um, you gave away fifty meter penalty. This was the best fifty meter penalty that's ever been given away in football. Yeah, this this was a truly I joke, but a truly game changing moment. Yeah, because they had the momentum back. Yeah, they and, did, and, and and then I can't even remember what it was for. To be honest, he with threw you. the ball away. It was a free kick, and he threw the ball away. But it this just is why I don't like it. It just changed everything. You could feel it. You know what I mean when you when you're at a grand final. Like there's so many people there, and you can hear everything, and you can just feel everything, and everything around you, I and you could I, feel the game change at that moment. I think that I grabbed Annie's hand at that moment because <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and if you actually, um, when Sam Mitchell retired, I no, not when he retired, when he did one of his milestone games, um, he did an interview and he talked about how, despite all the obviously amazing premierships with Hawthorne, that he has just as many memories from the one losing against Sydney in 2012. And he talked about this moment as well and that he couldn't believe how stupid he was in a grand final to throw a ball away in a free kick to give away a 50. And he, he talked, like, I mean, this was, I think, in 2016 maybe he was doing this interview, so four years on, and he was clearly angry at himself still because yeah. it, it truly, truly changed this game. Yeah, and, I mean, I suppose for him as a player, like, I don't, I don't pretend to think that Hawthorne's my business. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what they do is none of my business, but obviously he'd been their captain and then he wasn't their captain. Um, and you see something like that and you think, mm. That's why he's not the yeah, captain. Yeah, so, do you know what I mean? Like, so he wasn't the professional that, I don't know. I he, mean, he, he talked about it as if, like, he was sort of like, it's not something I usually do, which, I mean, like, there's a lot of criticisms like you to Sam Mitchell. I don't think he usually throws balls away during the free kicks, during free kicks. But it just loose his knee to call people's thighs. You know I'm not defending you. But <laughs> in this um in this moment, it was just a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Like it it made no sense and it was something that you expect from like a nineteen year old player. But yeah. I just appreciated that Sydney got under his skin for him to do that. He got mad. I like yeah. that Sydney was able to do that without doing anything overtly wrong. Um, and it led to a goal for one of our favourites, Jared McVeigh. So yeah, that yeah. was even better, was that he was able to kick that goal. And it kind of on the flip side, Hawthorne's inaccuracy was starting to be and like, oh, shit, this is going to be a problem. Yeah. If they were kicking accurately that day, that would have... Oh, we would have lost by that. They would have blown us away. Um, and the Swans entered the three-quarter time break up by one point. So this was kind of harking back to the 0506 grand finals where they were very close and extremely stressful. Yes. Um, so I was incredibly nervous and I was watching with my Hawthorne supporting father. So how did that go? Not that well. To the fourth quarter. So I have to say at this point that the way we were sitting as a family, um, because our family are all Swan supporters, so we go to games together. So you have a good family. Yes, yeah. Been, we, um, we were raised right. <laughs> I just want to I want to put on record that my our grandmother was buried with a scarf signed by Adam Goods. Gemma is looking in shock right now. Yeah, we and um, they played the Sydney song at a funeral. We are in a I'm very buried with my Kurt Tippett hat. <laughs> but so we were we were all at the game and I was on the end yeah. of, of the family. Um, I can't exactly remember where on the ground we were sitting. I can tell you. I think we were about three rows from the front. We were three rows from the front. We were on basically on the 50-metre line to the end. Hawthorne were kicking to that for the final quarter. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anyway, I had this – I shouldn't say elderly because she certainly wasn't. She was an older woman, though, sitting next to me. And she had said to me at the start of the game, she goes to the games with her dad, but her dad was sick um, and he was in hospital. So, I mean, she wasn't – she was old – 
she wasn't so old that she didn't have a parent that was alive. But anyway, during this last quarter. Was she a Sydney supporter? Yeah. yeah. We were holding hands, me and this lady. I don't know who she is. I hope she's well. But we were just, <laughs> both of us, so stressed. And I don't remember this quarter because I had my head like, I think it was in like the fetal position almost, but sitting down. I remember every moment of this quarter. It 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 sticks so strongly in my memory I, is that because you watch it a lot or because... And not just because I watch it a lot, but also because, like, I mean, in 2005, I was 11 and I also wasn't at the game. So we watched it on TV, but you, and it was amazing, obviously, for us to win. Incredible. But we didn't experience that atmosphere. And it was in this fourth quarter that this was the first time the whole game, even though they actually got, you know, got in front for a bit there, that I, um, that I was like, we're going to win a grand final. Like, this is what we're going to beat Hawthorne. We're going to do this. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. Like, it, it was yeah. so fucking enjoyable yeah, to watch. See, anything could have happened during that quarter and I have no idea. Um, <laughs> or at the time I had no idea because I was so anxious and scared and I think because I'd gone into the game thinking we're not going to win and then because Sydney had played so well for, say, like, what, 30, 40 minutes of play, we'd done a really good job, they'd given me belief <laughs> And I wasn't... That's the worst part, isn't I, it? It exactly. was like she was angry at them. And I wasn't prepared to deal with that emotion. <laughs> like, it was just... You know, and I'd been burnt before. So I was just... I wasn't, All of a sudden, don't worry. I wasn't ready for it. So I don't think... Yeah, like, honestly, from watching it, I can't tell you things about that final quarter. Well, I remember it very distinctly. I also have some notes. Okay. <laughs> So let's go through that last quarter because it was super significant. So Hawthorne actually kicked the first three, which was the most stressful part through Sewell, Hale and Franklin. And it got to a point where they were up by 12. Um, and then they subbed, a Sydney subbed Shane Mumford off for the one and only Luke Parker. I cannot believe Luke Parker was our sub. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you look at stats for the game, I think he he had like three disposals or something Very like that. Very blonde hair, like Mitch um, Morton started hair. on, and Lee Parker looks outside. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he would have only been twenty at the time. He's young. Yeah, yes, yes. So he had three disposals, and you look at that stat, and you're like, oh, why did that happen? And then you remember the subs. Subs. Yeah. Um, but then Hanbury kicked a goal, which was a set shot. Where he after it, he like pumped up the team and the crowd. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
he kind of turned the tide for that quarter with that reaction to that goal and that in my memory is one of the strongest things um and I think that from that moment on Sydney wasn't going to lose that game um there, there was no chance we were losing the game Dan Hatterbury wouldn't allow it like he was <laughs> he he had this look on his face when he kicked that goal like if I'm the one that has to do it I'm just gonna do it yeah and he was pretty lame at that point as well because he'd been bashed around and then another thing that that's very strong in my memory is um another Mitch Morton moment. The ball gets kicked into 50 and it's probably about 45 metres out close to the boundary. He manages to take up enough time, one on two, two Hawthorne defenders are on him trying to get that ball. He takes up enough time with them, battles with them long enough that the ball's able to get past and Kieran Jack's able to come in, take possession and kick that goal. And that, for me, was everything about the Swans. Is like like a player who doesn't have a big profile, is able to do something that's very workmanlike and just kind of play your role kind of thing to let something happen or to make it possible for something to happen that then lifts the whole team. And I think that defines Sydney very much and that's what I loved about that game. I also want to point out in that moment not to take from Mitch Morton and Kieran Jack, who were perfect, but whoever the Hawthorne defender was that was near Kieran, he tripped. Yeah, that helped as well. And it was, but I remember that <laughs> it was like, but I actually remember like seeing that and being like, nothing's going against us now. Yeah. Like it's it's all with us because as the commentator said at the time, they're like, you don't trip in a grand final. No. And this guy just fell over and Kieran Jack kicked a goal. Yeah. And it was a good goal. It was, it was a, a very Kieran Jack goal. And that actually level, leveled the scores. So it's stressful. And then enter Adam Goods. There's a, there's a, a pack, the ball's in dispute in the Swans forward 50. Adam Goods on one leg kicks a crumbing goal and that that was it. From then on it was like, holy shit. I remember I wasn't at the game for this one. Um, I was at 0506. Um, but I remember I, I couldn't – I was watching the game with my family and a few friends and there was the couch, but after halftime I couldn't sit down anymore and I was kind of pacing – behind the couch. We've all been there. And when um, when this goal was kicked, I distinctly remember jumping and because everyone was watching the TV, they heard me land and they all turned around in shock because I jumped as soon as Goods kicked that goal and I didn't realise I jumped till I landed everyone looked at me and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> so that for me was just like amazing. Um, and then the Hawks got a couple of behinds. So the lead is four points. Less than a goal, and I was just like, God damn it, why? Marty Matner. Marty Matner doesn't let this happen. No one talks about Marty Matner enough in this moment. No. Because he saved our grand final. He saved, it was kind of like, I'm not going to bring up Nick Newman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't mention Gemma every morning. <laughs> um, so Birchall gathers the ball on Hawthorne's half forward near the boundary, and he... It, there's every indication that he's going to find a target inside their forward 50. They're going to get a goal. They're going to be in front. We're going to lose. But Marty Matner, who is a very quiet, unassuming defender who never got a lot of praise, ran him down and laid the perfect tackle to score a holding the ball free kick. And that was, it was just game changing that, that moment. And he managed to then get it back into a scoring position for Sydney. 
Then there's less than 40 seconds left. Sydney's up by four points. There's a mad scramble in the Swans forward 50. And somewhat appropriately, the ball ends up in the hands of very good defender, Nick Melcheski. Yeah. Number nine. And he kicks a snap that doesn't really look like it's going to – it just never looks like a goal win, like a match-winning kick when he kicks it, but it sails through and everyone runs at him. And that's the dramatic ending to this game is that Sydney wins the game off a Nick Malczewski kick after he's kicked the first goal for them. Because they have no forwards, therefore their defenders need to keep all their goals. And I remember at that time, so I was still sort of crying, not <laughs> not when I started crying as well. Not believing that it was gonna happen because I'm feeling sick, hating everything. We're just watching it happen right now. But so they pan so I I remember it from the replays. Yeah. And I remember that he kicks it and then they show the crowd. And I look at the crowd and I'm like, that wasn't me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> These people are all cheering. They've started to sing the song and I'm just crying. <laughs> I think, And I'm like, I'm crying. There's 20 seconds to go. I'm like, it's going to suck when they take this from us. That's all that's in my mind. Like, we haven't won. I'll, Why is everyone doing this? What's going on? I also remember that we had no idea how long was left. Yeah. So... Annie had messaged a friend to say how long left in this game, and I think that she came back with a bit of a troll saying, like, five minutes or something, <laughs> which turned us into a state of panic. And then everyone around us is going, I think they're saying a minute, I think they're saying 30 seconds. We had No, I, I know that it was 34 seconds from that goal to the siren. It felt like about an hour. Yeah. It would not end. And I know I'm talking to Hawthorne supporting friends. They're talking. 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 <laughs> talking. Please cut them out. <laughs> I meant to say talking to, and I fucked it up. (laughs) Spoken to Hawthorne's body friends, for which there are three of them. Um, I may say that went about in that time went in about 0.5 of a second. For me, it felt like an hour. I just thought it wouldn't end, and I was desperate for that siren to go because Annie's right. I thought if any team could somehow do this, it was going to be Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, Well, like my friend who's a Hawthorne supporter left when, um, so Melchesky kicks, she leaves. So I found out cause she, because she messaged me and said who won the Norm Smith. And I was like, oh, like, weren't you there? And she's like, I left before the game finished. <laughs> I mean, we judge. I left in 2016. Um, I've never left a game early. It was the only game that we left early. That one, 2016 or 2014? 2016. I saved 2014. 2016. Let's not talk about that. Um, so the final score, Sydney, 14-7-91. Nice, accurate kicking. Hawthorne, 11, 15, 81. I always forget how inaccurate their kicking was that day. And they kicked a lot out on the full as well. But I think saying that Hawthorne kicked themselves out of it is a little bit disrespectful to the Swans because they did actually play really good football. It was a really good game. This was one of the, I mean, I'm biased because my team was in it and we won, but one of the better grand finals that I can remember. It was the best until 2018 happened. Yeah, 2018 was a glorious grand final. Yeah. Um, I think also I actually want to, before Malchewski kicked that goal, I also want to bring up Lewis Jetta. Yeah, the sweet, sweet angel Lewis Jetta who I, like, I miss every day. Yeah. Um, I always say, like, my forever mood is Lewis Jetta stretching with a minute 20 left in the grand final. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is... 
That's the cockiness that Lewis Jordan always had and I love about him. And he missed that goal, but yeah. that's what eventually... And he, he was good during that whole game. I think... Well, it was him and Cyril that what was a spectacular kind of show as well. That, yeah. That, that race was... No, you're right. I agree. I think, though... Um, and I, I noticed this more when Lewis Jetta went to West Coast, right? A lot of West Coast supporters are like, oh, where did we get him? Who is this guy? He's crap. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. He's not. Like, he's not one of the most consistent players in the world, but when he does the right thing, mm. he does the right thing, and it is so important. It's a beautiful kick of the ball. And I think that this game, I mean, obviously it's a grand final, but it's one of the best examples of it. Well, his season this year and Sam Reid's season this year were above and beyond any other season they've ever played. Yeah, yeah. And barring maybe 2018 at West Coast, this was Lewis Jetta's best season of his career. Everything was going right for him. He'd gotten over those yips of yeah. kicking the first goal. He found his spot in the team. He had someone to kind of combat with with Cyril there. Yeah. And Cyril pre-multiple hamstring injuries where he had the or ankle injuries where he had to change the way he was running, all that sort of stuff. So it, there was a real kind of thing for him to focus on. Whereas yeah. Like for, when he started at West Coast, he could be a little bit lazy because he didn't have that one kind of – clear job to do yeah yeah no I I mean he's he's not the best player I remember I think in 2018 when he got his first goal it was I can't remember what game it was but it was like Lewis Jetta yeah it was the, the final yeah I think it was the final so that he got his first goal for the year in um so I mean he, like he was doing other things right but <laughs> <laughs> but I just I have such good memories of Lewis Jetta during this game yeah. and so when people were like, "Who's your favourite Swans player?" It was Lewis Jetta. It was that without. What happened to you that it's Zach Jones now? I, I don't know. No, so I important. think I think that it was, was a little bit. Choice. No. And this is totally off topic, but I love. Okay, so Lewis Jetta leaving really hurt me. Like, it, it, no. How it, I feel about the human. It really hurt. I was like, I had put all this emotional labour into this man and he left. And I was like, why? And I really like Gary Rowan, but anyone, <laughs> no, just listen, anyone that, that like, liked the Swans knew Gary Rowan wasn't finishing his career at the Swans. That was always, there was always. Is like Gemma who's still in denial about this fact? <laughs> No, I'm fine with Gary Rowan. It's <laughs> Nick Newman that I'm upset about. I know. So as much as I loved Gary Rowan and I have a signed card of his, um, I knew that it was, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of had reservations because I, I didn't think she'd been She'd been burnt before. And I think just with with Zach Jones, I just think he's exciting. <laughs> and a loose cannon. Yes. And maybe. Completely insane. <laughs> Look, maybe it's a reflection of where I am in my life right now. I'm not sure. Um, but he – I really like him. I think – um, and I, I think as well he he is like like a Shaw brother or something like that in that people will be like, oh, I'm not sure about this player, like temperament, not, not quite sure what's going on there. And then Sydney are just going to like whip him into shape. And that's how I feel. I have so much faith in that happening. It's, look, it will happen one day, guys. He's a good player. Sorry, I'm just staring at a photo of his much better brother, um, Nathan Jones, who we love. Um, I was just bringing it back to the 2012 Grand Yeah, final. I'm happy to do that. Um, I think one thing that was about 
the two teams when you look at them is, and it's not to trash Hawthorne, who were incredible that whole year and obviously for the next three years as they won Mm. each grand final, except for 2014 where they were awarded the grand final but no game was played as far as I recall. (laughs) But um, they were a champion team in the way that they had these big names that were like so incredible, obviously Buddy and, and Mitchell and Rioli and Hodge, like, and they were just so talented and so good. But I think something that became apparent in that all-long game, and it's a credit to Sydney and how we were playing and the pressure we were able to put on them in this game, sorry, 2012 grand final, was that they began to rely on Buddy yeah. way too much. It's, I, and I hate saying that. It's a criticism. I don't like that people give Sydney, but it's true sometimes. Only sometimes. It's not true every time It's not say. true every time. It's never, and it wouldn't have been true every no. time they said it about Hawthorne either. But in this game it but was. But in this game, they in towards the end, I think they were becoming desperate, as you do in a grand final. That's yeah. not to criticise their skill. And they became too focused on Buddy, who, who wasn't kicking straight, no. straight at the time. And... Um, Sydney weren't a team of champions. Like, I mean, other than, like, Adam Goods, who is, I mean, the B champion, the champion of AFL. Other than that, like, we weren't a team of champions, but we were a team that was, like, if everyone does what they're meant to do, we can win again. Yeah, like, that's it, what that's what won them the 2005 Grand Final. Yeah, exactly well. yeah. the same thing. And that's what I meant about the Mitch Morton effort, is yeah. that it wasn't about him getting the goal. It was just making it possible that someone could score a goal for them. And that's what it was with Lewis Jetta is... I don't even know if he had like a particularly fantastic game that day. I can't remember to be honest. But he was a good addition to He the was team. a good everyone that was on that ground, Morton, Jetta, I mean, Lewis Roberts Thompson, like all those people, they were just like, just do what you have to do mm-hmm. and you can beat a team with Franklin and Rioli and Hodge and Mitchell. Yep. You can do that. And we did. And it you know, Ted Richards never gets enough praise as a defender. No, his on, ankle was done. His like, ankle was, was done. He's on, he's on Franklin. That is not an easy ask. Yeah. I mean, mm. it, it, yeah. yeah. looking at this Hawthorne side that played the game, it, almost every single player is like, they kind of feel like a superstar in their own right. Like Hawthorne is just full of people. So many of them that are still playing. Mm who were just awesome. And I can't believe how, like, I can't believe how many of them are still playing. Um, And then I look at the Sydney side, and obviously I know this side well, um, as we all do, but it it doesn't have the same weight to it. No, not at all. And I think, I mean, but you look at, I mean, I actually should point out that when I said we are in the real champion was Adam Goods. Jude Bolton was also playing for us, and he's a star. Um, just want to point that out. Still holds the tackling record, even though it's equal with someone. He still holds. The yeah, tackling still record. holds tackling record. But team tackles. I mean, people like Lewis Roberts Thompson, who spent his career as a defender, and not he didn't start his career very well. He didn't start. His, he didn't start his career very well. I'm, I'm big enough to admit that about my favorite player, um, but also was a defender, and. Wasn't always the best one. He was not consistent, to say his, the least. His kicking left a lot to be desired. Yeah, but his kicking left a lot to be desired. Heath Grundy was like that. Heath Grundy used to religiously kick at least on the full once every single match. Yeah. And he doesn't do that But anymore. I remember people talking to me after this match. I mean, Louis kicked a goal and laid an amazing tackle on Hodge. Mm. Just have to think about it for a moment. Um, <laughs> it was amazing. But I remember people talking to me after that match, people that were just not Hawthorne or City supporters, being like, Lewis Roberts Thompson's amazing. How did he do that? I didn't know he could do that sort of thing. And I think that was what was significant in that game was that people that maybe who weren't usually as consistent or as good or as present on the field just put everything into it because then maybe knew they weren't as good as whoever they were on for Hawthorne, 
but they could play better on that day. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it showed. I think everyone that played that game um, can hold their head tight for Sydney. Every Like, everyone did really, really well. Um, well, one of those players that did really well was the Norm Smith medal winner, which was Ryan O'Keefe, who... Um, Amazing player for the Swans. He had 28 touches and 15 tackles in a grand final. Like, that is absurd. And he's actually the only Swan to ever win a Norm Smith to date. That's not true. 2005, Lewis Roberts Thompson <laughs> won the Norm Smith. Um, and Chris Judd stole it from him. Like, physically grabbed it off his head. Physically took it from him and just ran from the MCG <laughs> back to Perth. I mean, look, I know... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I had to just correct Gemma on that one. So, so back to um, Ryan O'Keefe. Um, I, know, I, know, I know, like, this is not, like, the best stat or something like that to take away from a game, but um, they list, like, fantasy points. Yeah. He had 143 AFL fantasy points for that game. He was all over it, like, such a gun. People talk about that there was other people that should have won the Norm Smith that year, yeah. that year, and I don't even know really who people like. Should it have been Ryan? Or like, name me another player it could have been. He did. He got almost maximum votes. He got twelve out of a possible fifteen votes. He did everything possible that day to. I mean, I'm actually just going to look up the points to see who was um to see who was like near him, but I, I couldn't think of anyone. So I think I think for Hawthorne, um, so Sydney had a more consistent game, as in all the players like played their parts. They were really good. Whereas Hawthorne, I think they had quite a few players that really let the team down. Well, that was Sydney in fourteen and sixteen. Well, fourteen, not so much sixteen. Yeah. Um, and so I think for Hawthorne, it was like you know Lance Franklin was obviously there. Um, and he played really well. And like, I think, he couldn't kick straight. No, and I think Brad Sewell as well. Brad Sewell played well. Um, well I, I, sorry, I was just going to say. Hale played well. Yeah. Um, so O'Keefe got polled 12 out of maximum 15 for the Norm Smith. Yes. In second on seven was Brad. Yeah. Brad Sewell and um, Dan Hanabry, Lance Franklin both polled five, and then Jared McVeigh polled one. So I can't think of someone... There was no reasonable argument to put forward that someone else deserved that Norm no. Smith. I can, you can imagine, though, like... And I mean, it didn't reflect in the in the votes or anything like that. But you 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 could feel like maybe like a Nick Malczewski kind of the bookends of it all. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Or a Goods, just because it's Adam Goods. Do you want to know another really great part about Sydney winning this premiership with the team that they had was that when beloved, a little bit uncoordinated ruckman, uh, Mike Pike. First started playing. He's Canadian, did you know? I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that he'd scored a try versus France in a Rugby World Cup. Did you know that? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that Scott Pendlebury used to play basketball? I've just fallen off my chair, guys. <laughs> I've fallen off my chair. Um, so when when Mike Pike started playing footy, uh, someone that I dislike thoroughly that was is prominent in football media said that He's the worst player ever to play AFL football. The worst. With Dean Towers right there. Sorry, Dean Towers wasn't playing at the time, but also leave Dean Towers alone. <laughs> um, so it was very, very satisfying to see him not only have a really good career up to that point and then past that point, but also to finish his career with a premiership at the Swans. That was really special to me because not only do I really dislike this commentator, but also like... Don't 
discount people before they can prove otherwise. Yeah. You know, and that was quite significant. And that's the whole goods playing with a fucking ruptured PCL. I still don't know how he did it. I, what literally didn't occur to me until last year, but because I, I talk about Adam Goods all the time. All the time. As we know. Which is fine. It's my favourite topic. Um, but I always, like, obviously I knew that he hurt himself during that game and his knee was, it never occurred to me how painful it would have been when he dropped to his knees when mm-hmm. the siren went. And until last year I was watching it and thought, God damn it, that would have hurt. You I couldn't do that now. was the way it was? He was screaming. <laughs> I guess, I mean, I mean, I think that just shows who Adam Goods is, but also when he kicked that goal on one leg and I'm, it, it, I know that sort of, captured Sydney for me in that moment, like, I think, we just wouldn't give up. Yeah, and I think Adam Goods very much took from Brett Kirk the whole inspirational leader thing, and I was very grateful that he was able to be a part of that. He, like, he wasn't missing that because he did get injured kind of thing. Yeah. But let's wrap this up. <laughs> Uh, this has been another episode of I See It But I Don't Believe It. I'm going to make sure I have Imogen and Annie back for another Swans episode soon. But we'll see you in a few days.